I was thinking about what I shared last week. Um, for those of you who weren't here last week, we, um, I started uh, preaching on the gospel. And how many of you know we have good news? Amen? But I got to thinking about that. You know, in order for the good news to really be appreciated in its full magnitude, you know, I, I really kind of glossed over or didn't cover why the news is so good. Y'all hear me? Now, the first verse I shared was out of John 10.10, 10, and some of you can probably quote it uh, from memory, but it says, the thief come not but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and to have it more abundantly. All right? How many of you know there is a thief? And I got to thinking, some of you might feel like he's going back to Sunday school. You're just going to have to bear with me. You know? But it got to thinking about Genesis chapter 3, where the fall originally occurred. How many of you know there was a thief that entered that garden? He was there to kill, to steal, and destroy. Adam and Eve just chilling in the garden. Having that perfect communion with God the Father. That relationship bond between a loving God and the man and woman that he created. What could go wrong? Why would they even consider needing anything else? Happy-go-lucky, leave it to beaver. Well, I don't want to diminish that. I mean, some of the young kids are probably like, leave it to beaver. What does that mean? They have full access to God. Then along comes this serpent. Everybody say serpent. I'm going to ask you to get out of your life as it exists now box and think about what life was intended to be before the fall. The way we existed before the fall, created in his image. All of us, since the fall of Adam, all right, we've been born into sin. All right? So we've been in the image kind of of a fallen Adam. We needed to be redeemed. Right? In that garden, the serpent comes in and twists the truth into a lie and gets Adam and Eve to convinced that things weren't what they thought they were. And how many of you know that's where the battle really is? The enemy wants to get in here. If he can get you thinking like you're not redeemed, if he gets you thinking that you don't have authority, if he gets you thinking 
that you're not in the image of Christ. He's won the battle already, hasn't he? I'm, I'm going to confess to you, I'm going to be scattered a little bit today. I got notes. I'm going to try not to uh, be professorial or anything. I'm just going to just talk real to you. All right? But the serpent, the serpent comes in, he talks to Eve, and he says, Hey, did, did God give you any instructions? Did he say you couldn't eat from the trees in the garden? There's a purpose behind his question. And Eve answers him. Well, you know, we can eat of the tree. We just can't eat that tree. God said, if we do that, hey, we're going to die. And what does he say? Oh, you're not going to die. God's holding back on you. He just knows that if you ate that, then you're going to be like him. Think about that. What did God say when he created man? Let's create him in our image. The Bible says that in the image of God created he him, male and female, he created them. Amen? So here they are already created in the image of God, and then here comes the serpent waiting to strike. And what did he do? He got her thinking. Oh. So that fruit can make one wise. Come to think of it, it sure looks good. I bet it's tasty. Satan can make sin appeal to you. He can make it look good. He can make it look tasty. He can make it look like wisdom can be gained from doing that. But he's not really for you. He's a thief. And I didn't have you go there because I just meant to reference that. But before I leave that passage, they believed the lie. They partook of the fruit. And everything changed. The God that created them, the God that loved them, the God that would come to the Garden of Eden and commune and fellowship with them, he came to the garden. But after they sinned for the first time, the relationship changed. God didn't pull back from them. What did they do? They hid from God. That's what sin does. You hear me? That was Satan's objective all along. See, Satan knew that God loved you. Satan knew that God valued you beyond anything. And he wanted to break the relationship that existed between us and God. But he had to get us to cooperate. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. They cooperated with him. Sin entered in. 
and man began to hide from God. Instead of instead of seeing him face to face. It got so bad that later on in the book of Genesis, God got fed up. Every thought and inclination of man had gotten so wicked, God said, you know what? I'm just going to wipe the whole thing out and start over. That's the condition of man. You know, now uh, that man was in before Christ. You know, I got to thinking, I told you I'm going to be scatterbrained a little bit. But I got to thinking, why were these people so excited about a baby being born in Bethlehem? Why were these shepherds, when the angel came to them, they were so excited when he was told them, uh, when they told him that the Savior had been born, that he was in the city of David? Those people understood the decrepit position that they were in before God. They knew that they were apart from God with no hope of being reconciled with him because they could not fulfill all the requirements of the law. As long as they were under the law, there was this gap between man and God that could not be satisfied. Remember in the Garden of Eden after... uh After God finds out, you know, he's like, hey, why are you hiding? Well, I hid because I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? He knew he had sinned and everything. God booted him out of the garden, didn't he? But why? You know, it it wasn't just a mean-spirited thing to do just because he was angry. He said, He's got to go. The man and woman, they got to get out of the garden or else they might partake of the tree of life and be in the condition that they're in forever. So even that action is an action of love toward, from, from God toward us. He said they cannot be in that state forever. I've got a plan. The enemy took him, he kidnapped him, but I'm going to redeem him. You know what? The word redeem means to buy out. So I'm going to buy them out. Are you hearing me? So here we are. I set up to say this. The flood, it became obvious that we were in bondage to sin. As badly as we didn't want to be at times, sin was our evil taskmaster. Once sin entered in, we were slaves to it. And as long as we were slaves to it, we could not be reconciled with God. Everybody hear that? I know some of y'all are like, okay, we know that. Okay, hurry up, move on. Make your point. <laughs> Just because you said that, I'm going to take my time. <laughs> but that often gets overlooked. I wanted to point out that 
God's motive, God's intent for getting them out of the garden wasn't just to punish them. So here we are in this condition. We're under the, we're, we're in bondage to sin, yet we're under this law that requires us to meet every jot, every tittle of it. If you break it in, in the smallest scintilla, then you're guilty of the whole law and you're condemned to, 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 to death. You're condemned to eternal death. That is the, that was the plight before Christ. That same thief that deceived Adam and Eve in the garden and put us in that plight is the same thief we're dealing with today. Are you hearing me? And it's because of that decrepit position, it's because of that situation that we were in where there was no hope apart from a Messiah. That the angel presents himself to the, I'm not going to ask you to turn there, but, but I'm going to read a couple of passages to you. Luke 2 verse 8 through 14, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Say good news. I bring you gospel. That's what gospel means. I bring you gospel that will cause great joy. Say great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. We're going to skip on down, verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So these guys are already spreading the gospel, aren't they? And verse 20, I'm sitting in Luke 2, verse 20 says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And I'm not done with Luke chapter 2. It's a very good chapter to read. But skip on down to verse 25, and it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. 
saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And for some reason, that just struck me. You know, I'm looking at this and saying, you know, sometimes we get apathetic in our faith. I'm just going to say how it is. All right. We know Jesus died for us and rose again. We know he's the son of God. We know he's our savior. We're on our way to heaven and so forth. And sometimes we just get dry and we get apathetic and we just walk in a, we're just walking humdrum day to day. There's not really an, an, an excitement or, or, or the joy of the Lord is just not there. Somehow we allow the day to day grind of life to just beat us down and we're not really glorifying him. We're not rejoicing in him as we are. Am I the only one that that, that applies to? Well, all right, then I'll be the only one. But we ought to remind ourselves. Remind ourselves of who Christ is and what he really done. What, what we were before him, what he did for us, and what we are now in him. That by itself ought to get you shouting. That by itself ought to have you lift, raising your hands and singing hallelujah. That by itself says that God is good. Not sometimes, but all the time. Now, I'm going to try to paint a kind of a a mental picture for you. All of us live here in America, and, and we're as free as you can be in this country. The condition that we were in before we came to the Lord and and really sometimes the conditions we allow ourselves to be even afterwards, but but that's another point. Imagine imagine you're kidnapped from your home. And you're kidnapped by a group of guys that, you know, they have the worst reputation. They're nothing to be dealt with. You know, they're nothing to be trifled with. And in a moment, you go from being free, happily going about life, living life, not a care in the world, feeling like you're in control of things, to all of a sudden being at the whim of evil. All of a sudden, you don't know if you're going to see another day. You don't know if you're going to see the next moment. You don't know what your next moment is going to be like. Are they going to kill me? Now, they're holding you up for ransom. And it is pay up or be killed. 
And I'm looking at this from a spiritual standpoint, really, and I'm looking at Greg because he, he's Greg. No, no, but really, Scripture says that through Christ, God ransomed us. So I'm trying to paint a picture. We were ransomed. So here we are. We are imprisoned by this enemy, and, and he's holding us up for ransom to God. And depending on how precious, now put yourself in a position of being a parent. I know I'm switching here, but put yourself in a position of being a parent and your child is the one that's kidnapped. Now, the kidnapper can pretty much name their price. The more precious the person, the more precious the cargo, the more valuable, the more they're going to ask for. All right? Now, you are so precious to God that he paid an unestimable price to ransom you from the thief who took you. Now, I know I'm not giving you ground-shattering truth here, but truth is truth. And sometimes we need a mental picture to kind of help it solidify in our mind. It's all right. We love you anyway. Whichever phone that was. Because I want you to know what your value is. I want you to know how God views you. I want you to know that you are in the center of God's heart. And sometimes we get to thinking in condemnation. We condemn ourselves when God isn't. We think as we're going through our walk, sometimes we evaluate ourselves according to the lists of sins. And we forget that that list is, there is a list of do's and don'ts. All right, but we shouldn't view that list out apart from relationship with God. All right, Romans 5 says that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. All right, so if you, now, how many of you know your list could never be as long as when you were still a sinner? Well, I'm, 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 I'm belaboring it a little bit, but, but you were ransomed. And going back to that issue of you being a slave. I've learned the Lord has matured me over the years because I used to be so critical of people. Particularly those who professed to be believers in the Lord. And I was a pretty judgmental individual. I'm a mercy guy. You know, I, I, I was so bad. If I found out a Christian artist collaborated with a secular artist, I was done. Done with them. You know, they, 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 that's the wrong yoke. 
I know it sounds silly, but uh, hey, I'm just I'm just telling you that that that's where I was. And the Lord began the the more I drew near to Him, the more He began to just open my heart to see beyond this my my little narrow scope, my beyond my little narrow deal. You know, my judgment of those Christian people who would work in the secular world with some of those people was part was mainly due to my judgment of those people in the world. My deal was, hey, those people, I've heard some of those songs. That person ain't glorifying God. You should not have anything to do with that person. But the Lord helped me see that that person needs Jesus too. All right? And if Christian artists can't collaborate with those guys to be an influence with those guys, then who else is going, or are they going to be open to? Who else is going to have access to be able to reach that mission field for the Lord? And that's when he began to open my eyes to this whole concept of slavery. Like, you don't need to take up offense for me. I'm telling you how God was talking to me. You don't need, I don't need to take up offense for him. He knows what those people are doing, but he also knew that they were slaves. You hear me? Slaves that needed to be redeemed. You know, uh, the word for redeemed, like I said earlier, means to buy out. And it was used, it, it was used uh, as a term to describe a, a, a slave being bought out of that slavery, of the slavery that he was in so that person could be free. So when he says that he redeemed us, he's saying he redeemed us from slavery to, to, to the enemy, slavery to sin. We are no longer, as believers in Christ, slaves to sin. You know, all of that, all that's part of the good news. All right, it's not that we're just going to be in heaven one day. The good news is that we are redeemed right now. The good news is that we are adopted in the household of God right now. The good news is we are heirs and joint heirs right now, where we're at. Amen? The good news is that while we will ever be with the Lord one day, the good news is that now we have, we can know him right now. God desires to come to you and fellowship with you just like he desired to fellowship with Adam after Adam fell and Adam hid from him. And I feel like I'm saying that because there are some there are some people that really need to hear that today. 
in a way, maybe you've been hiding. In a way, maybe you've sown your figurative fig leaves in your nakedness. And although you hear the voice of God calling you, beseeching you to draw near unto him, because his arms are open and he wants to he, he wants to reconcile with you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to fellowship with you. You're hiding because you see you see uh, vividly the sin that is in your life. And you think In some strange way, you think that God doesn't really want to have anything to do with you. But I want to encourage you. I'm going to be real with you. You're going to have to repent. He doesn't want you in the sin. You're going to have to let that go. But his love for you has not diminished one bit. He wants you to say no to the lies of the devil. He wants you to say no to the lust of the flesh. And he wants you to turn from the way of death that leads to destruction and turn to the way of life. Turn to him. You know what John 17 says about eternal life? Said that this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not something just in the sweet by and by. Eternal life is intimately knowing God. A life that is manifested in reality here today in your life that will continue on into eternity. You know, I think I'm going to fart. I'm going to ask you, I will ask you to turn to Luke chapter 4. And then I just believe, we're going to do something. I, I just believe the Lord wants to minister to us today. And, and I want to get out of the way and allow him to do it. But I want to encourage you to go after him today. Luke chapter 4, starting at the 14th verse. This is good news right here, people. This is good news. 14th verse. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, 
he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he said to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The spirit of the Lord is here. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, y'all. And in Jesus, there is good news for the poor. Now, don't get it twisted. Poor is not just talking about people who don't have money. All right? In whatever area you have lack in, you can be poor in spirit, poor in self-esteem, poor in identity, poor in faith. Poor in love. Poor in hope. Uh, Are y'all hearing me? There is good news for you. All right? You may be poor right now, but the riches of God are available to you in all of those areas right now in Christ's name. Salvation is for you in the Lord. So there's good news for you in whatever you're poor in. He has sent, he's been sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Maybe you're a prisoner to something. You know, another way of saying, uh, uh, another word that I translate to prisoner is addiction. Are there any addictions represented in here today? You don't have to answer me. It's just, just reflect. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, TV, just in general, maybe you're just exi- maybe you're addicted to self. To proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Don't make the mistake of thinking that there's just blind people who are literally blind in their eyes. You could just, you could be blind to the truth. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
though Jesus redeemed you. And there's a whole lot of benefits that come with redemption. All right? Forgiveness of sins we find in Ephesians 1-7. Righteousness is a benefit in Romans 5-17. Some of you are just going to have to listen to the podcast. I'm not, there's so many scriptures here. Freedom from the law's curse, as is stated in Galatians 3 verse 13. We're adopted into God's family, Galatians 4 5. We have deliverance from sin's bondage, Titus 2 14. And I, I really want you to know that this morning. You, if I tell you what, if you've given your heart to the, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, why don't you raise your hand today? Look at that. That's, that's beautiful. All right? I want you to know you are delivered from sin's bondage. It is no longer your slave master. All right? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. All right? Part of that, included in that salvation is your freedom from bondage to sin. Your ability by God's grace to walk like Jesus walked. To follow in his footsteps. To be imitators of him. That's what a Christian is, a follower of Christ, an imitator of his. So you do have forgiveness of sins, and that's good, all right? Don't walk in condemnation. Don't hide from God. If you are convicted in your heart and you know you're in sin, you need to repent, run to God, not away from him. Fall before God and confess your sins and receive the grace and forgiveness and love that is freely available to you. Don't think that he is going to condemn you. That's not why he sent his son. All right? I said, all right. Forgiveness is yours. God's grace and mercy is there. But you know, the, the greater thing that we need to realize is that we can do this. All right? This is not beyond us. Despite what we've came out of, despite what we used to be in Christ, we can do this Christian walk thing. We can walk circumspectly in him. We are well able to do this. Amen. Remember what Joshua and Caleb said when they came back from spying the land? They said, hey, let's go take it. God told us to take it. We are well able to do it. But the other spies was like, uh-uh. No, we can't. And I told you something last week. That just like the children of Israel, when they went and spied out that land, God gave them that promised land. But he didn't clear the enemies out of it, did he? He told them to go and possess it. All right? Now, you are saved to the utmost. You are. But you're going to have to work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling, right? You're going to have to work that out. 
by God's grace. God has given you what's necessary to be able to do it. You've got to know you're able, you're up to the task in Christ, and you've got to be resolute and refuse to be denied. You've got to be determined that Christ, that you're going to be conformed into the image of Christ. Are you hearing me? So Jesus paid the price for you. Those of you who feel like who feel like you've just been kidnapped. You feel like you're a prisoner. Just seems like all the life has just been sucked out of you. It's affected not only the way you see yourself, it affects the way that you see the Lord. And it affects your attitude towards him to the point that you've been apathetic. There's good news for you today. I want you to get out of your own way today and and I want you if you've been hiding behind your sin I want you to have the courage today to acknowledge that sin before God and 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 and, and just openly repent unto him I know it might sound scary. I know the enemy has been beating up your mind with lies and making it seem even scarier for you to do it. But I'm challenging you today to just come out of that mess and just fall before the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let him love on you today. If you're blind in some way, let him recover your sight. If you're oppressed in some way, let him give you liberty. If you're in prison, let him set you free. If you're poor in whatever way you are, let him bless you. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the ministry teams to come. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. You know, 
I was up throughout the night last night, and I found out that I wasn't the only one, and that some of us are really burdened for others last night. I felt some of the pain and discomfort in my body. I mean, from my head down to my, uh, from my head down to my, my legs and, and it made no sense at all. And I'm up here praying, thinking that it might be an attack. What's going on? And then I just kind of felt the Lord leading me in a different direction and just began to uh, pray in the spirit, just began to lift up others. And that just let me know that the Lord wants to, he wants to minister to people. Some of you have physical, physical uh, uh, issues and problems. Some of them mental, some of them emotional, some of them circumstantial, you know, you're going through something that it's no fault of your own. And it's caused you uh, untold discomfort. It's caused you to be a little dry. It's caused you to be a little apathetic. It's caused you to kind of shrink away instead of running toward the Lord. The Lord wants you to know he's heard you. The Lord wants you to know that he is aware of what you're going through. And the Lord wants you to know that he is here for you today. And I know you're standing. Hallelujah. If, you, if that doesn't apply to you, just please bear with us. And I would encourage you to lift up and pray for those who need a touch from the Lord today. Hallelujah. So come on up. I'm going to ask y'all to just come on up. We've got ministry team up here who's ready to minister to you and the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. that you are the anointed one. We thank you that there is good news in you, Lord. We thank you for the salvation that we have in you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the provision that you have already made for those who are in need this morning, Lord. Father, there are families that are going through traumatic times, difficult times, Father God, loved ones going through uh, physical, uh, uh, real physical problems and, and so forth, Lord. And Father, we just ask you to remember them right now, Father God, that even though we can't be there at this moment, that, that, that you don't have that limitation, that you can be right there with them in that situation. And we ask 
Father God, that you make your presence known in the midst of that situation. Make your presence known in those hospitals, Father God. And Father, we ask for a miracle. We're not afraid and we're not ashamed. We ask you to touch them with your healing hand, Father God. To heal them from that which man cannot. Father, we thank you for healing our healing us spiritually. Thank you for healing our souls as well as our bodies, Father God. And Father God, we're just going to trust that uh, your will be done. 